Back to habaneros. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a big gardener. Okay. Growing up, we I, I grew up in a in a home with a lot of land and yeah. a lot of yards. And you we set had things a, on fire. Set things on fire. Yeah. <clears throat> we had a we had a big garden. Yeah. Grew all kinds of stuff. And one year he was like, "I'm going to grow some peppers," and he grew habaneros. Cool. Um, and having a garden is great because you can just walk outside and grab something to eat that's pretty cool like when you live in a place like austin in an apartment like you can walk to your pantry yeah <laughs> your refrigerator and grab something to eat or if you're feeling adventurous you can go to a grocery store or yeah. a restaurant but like being able to just walk into your yard and, and be like, like grab a food have some broccoli and oh there's a zucchini like or i'll just grab a tomato i didn't grab the tomatoes yeah but, but you like, could have. But yeah, you can just grab. But I bet the that thing tomato was it. better than the ones you're gonna get in a restaurant. I'm sure. Unfortunately, I thought tomatoes were mega gross. Though. They're still mega gross. It's okay. Um. But one year he, we had uh, habaneros, and yeah. I remember very specifically this one, this one time, where like my dad grabbed a couple of jalapenos and a bunch of uh, zucchini. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like a nice snack is like throw some olive oil on a pan and yeah. like slice up some zucchini and just you know saute it and you got a cool snack like yeah. just some little habanero uh, some zucchini slices. And one day he cut just chopped up some habanero mm-hmm. and threw it in. Yeah, and was cooking it up. And I was outside and I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go in and grab some of what he's making. And I remember walking up the steps and. Opening the door, mm-hmm. you open the screen door, and then you open the door door yeah. to my house, and a wall of <laughs> air. <clears throat> there was like straight up. You open the door and you step in, and you're f- like you Just feel hit. like the heat taking over <laughs> your face, and your eyes start watering. Yeah, and like and you feel like the spiciness effects in your yeah. mouth just from the air because. He put some habanero peppers and olive oil and put it on a hot pan, <laughs> and the whole house just, just exploded oh yeah. with capsaicin in the air. And it was like it felt like being in a gas attack. Mm-hmm. Um, like I needed a gas mask to survive this. <laughs> and, my, and my dad's just in the kitchen at the stove, yeah, like, "Hey, going, you want a snack? You want some, <laughs> you want some habanero snack?" Because <laughs> he, my dad's impervious to like almost any level. Of oh wow. Which is why you didn't notice that he just like bombed the house. <laughs> um, but I remember I was like, "Yeah, I want to eat some of that." Like, yeah, I'm a I'm a high schooler. I Let better me, do that. I'm going <laughs> to take on this challenge. And I didn't eat any of the actual like habanero chopped up. Yeah, that was in the pan, but just the just the zucchini slices that yeah. were cooking in the oil like, mm-hmm. that, ugh, killed me. Yeah, it was one of the spiciest things I've ever eaten. But just. I remember so specifically that feeling of opening the door and just stepping like into hit. this air and just feeling it wash over <laughs> you because it was just so permeating. That reminds me of a thing that happened very recently to me. So I've gotten into eating Honeycrisp apples Ooh, because of the internet. There's no better apple. Yeah, I read a whole freaking article about how the Honeycrisp was the best apple. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to eat those now. <laughs> they're much more They're expensive. really good. They're very expensive. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Sprouts where they're like three bucks a pound. Mm-hmm. Like Red Delicious are like a buck a pound, so that's huge. Buck red Delicious are red bad apples. Delicious, they're not good apples. They're the worst yeah. apple. Like you know, I'll take a Fuji or a Gala or a you Pink a, Lady. You want a or... cheap apple? Yeah, like Fuji Macintosh. Yeah, those in, are fine in, in season. A Macintosh is really great. Yeah, Honeycrisp is the best. Honeycrisp is a great apple, as I've discovered. And I'm not like a huge apple fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually, I think I told the story about how I eat an apple in like 30 seconds for a play. <laughs> that's really fast <laughs> it was i had to, there was a play i was in and if i'm repeating myself i don't care uh i was the props master and i had to have a fresh apple core on stage every night for a scene <laughs> um and it was during a transition so i had to eat this apple so it had to be not brown because part of the scene is them watching it turn brown oh interesting <laughs> uh, it was a weird play it was that was a joke like that was a bit yeah and we could have had a fake apple core but nope director wanted a real apple core on stage and hey you get to eat so apple. yeah i got real tired of apples <laughs> uh, but so food not food apples uh 
Honeycrisp, great apple. It's a great mm. taste in apple. And so I've been I've been buying a couple. You know, when we go to the grocery store, I'll buy a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like three bucks a pound, which is expensive for an apple, but it's it's all right. And if but I'm if buying one or two, just a couple apples. Yeah, they're big. They're big old mm-hmm. softball size apples. Yeah. And like I'll slice it up and put it in a bowl and eat it. So I'll quarter it and core it. Mm-hmm. So I'll you know cut out the the seedy bits. Yeah. Because um, I don't really like biting into apples, like into the the like round thing. Really, part of it has to do with my teeth being weird. Okay. So I have I have a very severe underbite. Okay, which you may or may not have noticed. Most people don't. Not really pay attention enough, but no. uh, which has gives me lots of problems. I can't bite through pickles on hamburgers uh, because my teeth don't meet. Very specific. <laughs> it's a real problem. Oh yeah, because like they don't if they don't meet, then you don't break. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, and it's like thin slices of stuff like that. Like I get the whole pickle in my mouth. Wow. Yeah. Or like bacon in a sandwich. Yeah, it's tough. Bacon, if it's crispy, is okay because I can crack it, basically. Uh, but so I, hmm. I tear a lot of things. I don't bite through things. Right. Uh, this is how my mouth works. My my <laughs> teeth are all sorts of goofy. Fine. Every, everyone has a unique yeah. mouth. Mine more so than others. <laughs> uh, I had to get a crown. This was a couple of years ago in a side story to my apple story. We'll get back to the apple story. Please. Uh, I had to get a crown put in, and they took a mold of my teeth to do that. Yeah. And they sent the mold off to the lab to make the crown and then said, okay, come back in two weeks. A week and a half goes by, and my dentist calls and says, you have to come back in and do another mold because the guys at the lab think I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> sad. <laughs> because my teeth are so goofy. Aw. Yeah. Well, so, like, only my back four teeth, like, two on two top, two, top, two bottom on each side, mm-hmm. touch each other flush. Wow, yeah. But in front of that, they start going like this. So it only chews on, like, the edge. Right. And so there's, like, gaps, and I have to pick stuff out of my teeth all the time, which is gross. <laughs> Uh, I have weird teeth. Sure. And so I don't like eating apples by just biting into them. That's not how I prefer to eat an Because it just doesn't work. It doesn't work with very your mouth. well. So I chop it up, I cut out the core, and I eat an apple. That's it's a fine. hardship I'd never considered before. Yeah, I'm there glad you I go. know it. Uh, well, you never served apples uh, when you used to give me food. So. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm glad you can handle my breakfast yeah. tacos. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> and so I had... Honeycrisp. I only just started eating them. Like this was, I'd had you know two or three before this, and this is, you know, I'd bought two at the last time I went through a store and I ate those, and this was a new time. I'm like, I'm gonna eat a Honeycrisp. It was like for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and I chop it up and I cut the core out and I got my bowl and I'm eating it and it tastes just a little weird. Oh no. And it's not like mealy or mushy, like it's like rotten. Okay. Um, which is good. Like you can usually tell that, but it's got sort of this overtone that I'm I'm having trouble placing. Uh-huh. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat this apple. You know, it's not, they can't all be perfect. Although literally the Honeycrisp was bred so that they were all perfect. <laughs> that was the goal when they made them. It's the perfect apple. They were they were going for the perfect apple. W- was this recent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the article was on Vox. Uh, okay. And it, had been, it was the editor, I saw it on Twitter. The editor was like, I was pitched an apple called, uh, or an article called Explaining Apples and I didn't think it would work, but it does. Because <laughs> Vox is, their, their thing is like, we explain the news. Right. And so it's like, such and such explained. And this was Apples explained. Mm. And it's like, I didn't think it would work. But it worked. And it got me to start buying Honeycrisp apples. And Amy's on the couch next to me. And we're watching, so Sunday mornings, we were probably watching. Star Trek? No. Uh, Sunday mornings, we watch. It was a safe guess. It was a safe guess. <laughs> um <laughs> It's a cooking show, Reed Drummond, Pioneer Woman. Mm, so mm-hmm. It's a very fun cooking show. I bought my mom that cookbook. Oh, cool. Uh, it's a fun show. We watch it on Sunday mornings if there's a new one available on the Food Network app because we don't have cable. And I said, Amy, this, this apple tastes spicy. I think this apple tastes spicy. Spicy. Yeah, because I was getting that burn, like that that after after effect sort of burn. It was very mild, but I'm like, yeah, this is really weird. And she goes, apples are not supposed to be. Spicy. What knife did you use to cut that with? Ah. <sighs> and the night before, we had made our chorizo ragu, which is a really good pasta sauce with chorizo and and a couple jalapenos. Usually, just one jalapeno that we chop up and put it in there. 
And the knife was just sitting out on the board, and I'm like, I'm not gonna like I I washed it off. Like I went ran it under the sink, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Yep. Um, and there were still jalapeno oils on there that got on my apple. Yeah, water does not rinse off oil. Not well, no. Wow. So uh, jalapeno flavored apple. Tinted apple. It was very weird. I still ate it. Was it good? No. Yeah. It was not. Huh. Uh, I remember one time. Uh, I had recently chopped onions on my cutting board and I yeah. didn't like clean it off. And then I, and it was an apple. I chopped an, I chopped an apple on my cutting board mm-hmm. and I was like, what is going on with this apple? <laughs> Onion and apple is a weird yeah. combo. Yeah. It's uh, a weird mix. I can't, fascinating. I can't cut onions. Like I, I actually like cry. Like oh, I have to have a- to Amy cut the onions for me <clears throat> if we're making something with onions. Wow. Yeah. Aren't there like tricks to make that? I don't. I feel like supposedly, not yeah. I don't know. I, you just. I've never tried. I just power through. Yeah, I feel like it's gotten worse. Like I've gotten less good with onions, or you maybe just, we've been buying spicier onions. You've just become more emotional. Yeah, as a person, I have no problem crying. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um. Yeah, Honeycrisp are the best apple. Um. I enjoy apples a lot. I don't eat apples very often, but I've again I've eaten like now I eat a couple honey crisps every week. I kind of consider the apple to be the most standard fruit. I mean, it is it is the stand-in for the fruit of the garden of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. That's true. I which was not ever like an apple historically. No, I don't or, think apples grew in the Middle East. Yeah, but but that is the the commonly depicted fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the apple. Yeah. They use the word apple in the Bible, don't they? I think they do. I don't think they do. I bet I bet some translations do. Hey Siri, send a message to Cat. Will she know? Yeah. <laughs> she's she's in seminary. She's about to become ordained. Um What do you want to say to Cod Saunders? <laughs> How do you feel about Granny Smith apples? They're good for pies. Correct answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Granny Smith are a controversial apple. I really? do not enjoy eating them. I just would, like I as would, an apple. It's a baking apple. I would, it's not an eating apple. But there's plenty of people who are just like loving them some Granny Smith. Just chomping away. Which seems real weird. It is weird. It's got a really intense, weird flavor it's a, to it's it. It's a super like tart... But it's the only apple I'll bake with. Well, you should bake with other apples. There's a lot of good apples out there. But it's like the baking apple. Well, yeah. Like if you're gonna make a pie, typically Granny well, you Smith. Can, you is can like use the... Granny Smith and. Yeah. But you always got at least. You should, have, you should mix up your apples. You should have like a mix of apples in your pie. <clears throat> apple pie or apple crisp? Gotta go pie. Yeah, but have you had my grandma's apple crisp? <laughs> <laughs> No, feel free to bring some over. I will eat your grandma's apple crisp. I think um I think that might be something I make soon. Cool. It's November. It is. Thanksgiving it's November. time. It's getting to, you know, holiday time. It, I I want to like I something in my bones is urging me to bake things. Yeah. Um get them baker bones. Yeah, aside from the standard bread and pizza that yeah. i bake regularly i had a bread bowl for lunch today i meant you remember to tell you that oh come on i still haven't gone i've i've gone like three times since i told oh, you about that Jesus. like we went earlier this week i feel like or last week yeah and he was like what do you want to do for lunch i'm like well it's super gross and rainy out and i kind of want a bread bowl full of soup and he's like okay we'll go oh. and bread. Anyway. the struggles of uh not having a car i yeah. gotta like i gotta like plan it out if i want to go somewhere and get myself a bread bowl yeah it was real good I, I'm going to go this week. I'm going to make that promise to myself. Do it. Um, they do have a broccoli cheddar, which I know is your go-to bread bowl. Yeah, broccoli cheddar and a nice – is it like a sourdough bread bowl? You can do sourdough or their bread of the day. Oh, um, nice. So you got some variety? I always do sourdough. Man. Got to get myself a bread bowl. You could make one. I could. I don't – my breads never come out tall enough. No. Because I cook them in a – I bake them in a cast iron skillet. Yeah. So they always just end Thinner. up fairly wide. Yeah. I mean, like they rise, but never tall enough Not for enough. a real bread bowl. Yeah. Um, my grandma's apple crisp, though. Man. I mean, I'll eat it. You know what the secret is? I've had a lot of weak apple crisps. Apples? 
Okay. Making it crispy? That's not a secret because <laughs> it's called apple crisp. Um, I've had apple crisps where you get, you know, you mix your apples with some cinnamon, yeah. nutmeg. I do like those flavors. All that stuff to make yeah. them taste good and folly. Yeah. And then people like sprinkle the crisp on top. That's right. that's you've described an apple crisp. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I've described a bad apple crisp. <laughs> uh, the correct thing to do. So, I've seen people use like you, you get your like flour, butter, sugar. Some people use like some oats. Yeah. In their crisp. Yeah. Right? Oats are pretty common. Yeah, and it's like sprinkled on top, like a thin layer. No way. That's garbage. <laughs> Equal layers of apple and crisp. <laughs> Because what happens is you're really just kind of eating like a shortbread cookie with some apples <laughs> underneath it. And that's fucking good. <laughs> like a thick layer of like crispy, buttery, sugary goodness. Flour. <laughs> and with, yeah, with, with some apples. With delicious baked apples underneath. Yeah. Oh, throw some uh, vanilla ice cream on the side. Yeah. I do like ice cream. Got to make some apple crisp this week. Yeah, you should make some apple crisp. Bread bowl, apple crisp. Those are my goals this week. It's good to have goals. Sorry, three goals. Bread bowl, apple crisp, Hillary Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have goals. (laughs) My sister has not yet responded to my text about the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a hard thing to say. The fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. It's a weird tree. Yeah. I read a really weird book uh, that I did not like many years ago mm-hmm. um, called Ishmael. Have you ever read it? Uh, it's about a talking gorilla. No, I have not read that. Okay. I feel like, no, tell me about it. Uh, it's Ishmael's it's, a Bible person. Yes, different Ishmael. This one's a talking gorilla. Gotcha. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's super didactic. It's not like interesting from a story perspective. Can you explain what didactic means for the listener? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, something is didactic. It is uh, trying to teach over the purposes of plot. So like a lecture is didactic, mm-hmm. uh, whereas a storyteller tells a story. So like, I, I, not against it, but screw tape letters uh, is didactic. <laughs> very. Uh, it's very much not about like, you don't care about these characters. The people are not people. They're not interesting. It's I'm telling you this story. Uh, right. Cool. Catherine's got my answer on the, uh, the apple. Oh, great. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure it's not. The Hebrew word is a generic word for fruit, also used for being fruitful with children, uh, with children or fruit of the fruit of one's actions. So the same word across all. Really? That's interesting. Also, as she points out, apples are not particularly common in that part of the world. It'd be a fig or a pomegranate, more likely. Yeah, I've always heard pomegranate was actually the... Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> assuming Adam and Eve were actual real people who did that actual real thing, pomegranate would have been the fruit. The more likely fruit, yeah. Not a bad fruit. I mean, if you're going to go for one... Pomegranates are great. ...to bring about the downfall of mankind. Yeah, yeah. Pomegranates uh, about as worthy of a fruit as you could do that for. It's way better than apple. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Although fig is a bold choice. I like yeah. I like the idea of it being a fig a little bit. Just because I, I don't think of figs as being uh, fancy. Like I feel, I feel like a pomegranate is a fancy fruit. It takes work. Yeah. The seeds are on the inside mm-hmm. and they're really annoying. You squeeze it and make juice. You need you need leisure time for a pomegranate. Yeah, um, but like a fig is like a is like a hearty like everyday fruit. Yeah, a working class fruit. A working class fruit. <laughs> Did you? I learned an interesting thing about figs recently. Did you know the thing about figs and wasps? Nope. Okay. There are, are figs secretly wasps. Have mm-hmm. I been eating wasps this entire time? Yes. Ah! <laughs> That is, that is a nightmare of mine. You've actually been eating wasps when that's, you eat figs. That's terrible. Okay, so there are some. There are like thousands of different specific varieties of figs. Cool. Right? Not, like not all figs are the same. I and, believe that. Uh, fig trees rely on wasps to pollinate them. So wasps have a purpose. And, uh, well, they're not hornets. Wasps are useful 
slightly different kinds of bees and hornets are assholes. <laughs> yeah, and mosquitoes are not either, but evil. Yes. Uh, but each different variety of fig has its own corresponding variety of wasp. Oh, that's really cool. So wasps, and I'm probably going to get, I, I'm not going to fully explain this chain of events. Yeah. But each specific variety of wasps, like, they, like, go into the fig like a wasp will go inside of the fig and lay its eggs huh. and then die. Yeah, once your eggs are laid, you don't really need to exist inside anymore. Inside the fig and then the eggs hatch and then new wasps come that comes out. So I have been eating wasps. And then someone, so that's what you're telling me. And then, someone, <laughs> and then someone picks the fig and then you eat it and you just ate a wasp that laid its eggs and died. I made the joke, but now I'm sad. Figs are really good. Does every fig have a wasp inside of it? Presumably. I mean, like, it might have been picked before a wasp got the chance. But that's how the wasp-fig relationship happens. I'm now scared of figs. But here's the thing. Like, does finding out a disgusting thing about a food you enjoy make the food less enjoyable? Sometimes. But, like, you still love figs. They've never hurt you. You eat half an apple, you find a worm in it. Does the first half, which had no worm, still worthwhile? Yeah, it was still good. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed that apple. <laughs> Do you care about, follow, pay attention to baseball at all? Uh, no, but I am aware of the Cubs and why that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because of its relationship to Back to the Future. Back to the Future predicted it would be last year. It did. Right? 2015? It did. Yeah. And they did pretty well last year. Pretty close. Uh, and I am willing to accept with all the things that have gone on between the time Back to the Future Part 2 came out mm-hmm. and today being off by a year with that prediction. I think that's that's okay. I'll give him. I'll give him a year's buffer on either side. Close enough. Yeah. Um, I remember. So I had a really interesting experience watching that. Well, I end, I ended up watching some of that baseball. Game, okay. Game seven. I did not. I watched it on Twitter via the tweets. Yeah. Uh, which is usually the best way to watch significant current events. Yeah. Um, but I went. Uh, I went to the coffee shop on rock rose mm-hmm. to uh be a pretentious asshole and Work i brought on your computer brought my laptop and, and wrote while i was at the coffee shop it was yeah. in, it was in the evening and uh, i was that jerk yeah um i will accept that it's fine uh but across the street from the coffee shop are like three bars yes and every single television was, was playing, playing that series. game yeah and so I was like kind of half paying attention to it while I was at the shop and yeah. writing my thing. And um, like I got like really into it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched a baseball game since the Red Sox broke their curse in 2004 and Four won the yeah. World Series. Yeah. Like I, that was when I stopped caring about baseball because I was like, well, Boston's I'm, done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Like <laughs> Boston won. We're good. Never going to get better than that. Um. But I was watching this game and like, so for those who don't know, the Cubs won the World Series in 1908 and then they never won again. Yeah. It's the longest championship drought in 108 years. The history of Western sports. Of baseball at least. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think like of of Western sport. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know about cricket. other, yeah, maybe cricket. Like, yeah, I don't know. But the longest championship Meaningful championship drought in history. 108 years. And they were playing the Cleveland Indians, who have the second longest championship drought in baseball. Yeah, which is what? 90? 80? 20? It was since like the 50s, I think. The 40s or the 50s? Five years? (laughs) Longer than that. Six years? Um, And the Cleveland Indians are terrible. And they are still called the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. You, as, as, as a team, I'm sure they're fine. Oh, they're a good From team. From a mascot standpoint, real bad. Yeah. Uh, the worst part is that uh, throughout the playoffs, they wore the hat with the 
Chief uh, Wahoo. With the chief, yeah, yeah, it's called Chief Wahoo with the Chief Wahoo logo on it. And that is their alternate hat. That's not their standard. Yeah, because they switched to the block C for a while, or as their standard. Yeah, the the C is their standard hat, and they chose in all of the pub publicity of the playoffs and the World Series to wear their alternate Chief Wahoo hat. Their their extra racist hat. To rub it in our faces. Yeah, I, I don't know. Their extra racist hat. Yeah, they're very racist. Because the block C is still racist because it stands for Cleveland Indians. Sure. So it's not unracist, <laughs> but they're not portraying. They're not actively portraying racist symbols on yes. their on their jerseys. Yeah. Um. So I was rooting for the Cubs yeah. because the Indians are racist. Also, the Cubs are bears, and that's cute. They're tiny yeah. baby bears. Yeah, they're Cubs. They're Chicago seems like a cool city. Championship drought. I've been to Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. We did. I haven't. Um. So I was rooting for the Cubs. Yeah. So I finished writing what I was writing at the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like I could go home or it was like the, it's like the bottom of the seventh or something. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just like hang out and watch the game. Yeah. But I didn't want to like go into one of the bars and get a beer. Cause that's work. But there were like, there was like a handful of people like hanging out outside, like one of the outdoor patios. Yeah. Like just watching. And we all just like stood there. Yeah. And just finished and watched the game. Except there was a rain delay and it went into extra innings and it was the most it, it took me about like 20 minutes of like standing outside and watching the game before i was instantly converted back to like how intensely passionate i used to be about baseball sure and i was just i was so into it and it was such a stressful game and the cubs blew their lead twice <laughs> to make it tied and then they finally won and it was this incredible magical thing and there was a couple like old guys at the bar yeah. in cubs jerseys who like at least my impression of them was like these are like lifelong cubs fans yeah. who have just been waiting for this forever and they were clearly just so affected yeah. by it it's a really cool experience my favorite uh like sad but cute but also sad thing <laughs> was the uh the image floating around on the internet of a guy who promised to watch the Cubs win with his dad. And so he went to, like, he drove, like, 100 miles to his dad's gravesite to, like, listen to the game on the radio. Yeah. Like, that was, that's like, oh. Yeah. Right in the feels. Yeah, there's a, like, that's one of the cool things I, lo I do yeah. love about sports, even though I don't follow many sports that well. Yeah. It's like, you can get some pretty magical stories out of sports. Yeah, absolutely. In ways that, like, other areas of life don't produce yeah. magical stories. Like a hundred and eight year drought, and then they won, and then someone listens to the game with their dad at his graveyard. Yeah, at his that's pretty great. Like that's really, really that's sweet. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I am. I don't think I am passionate about anything, the way sports fans are passionate about their sport. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to be. Yeah. There's a fanaticism. Like I love Star Trek. Right. But Star Trek is not Star Trek is fictional, first of all, which is I'm gonna argue baseball is also fictional, but in a different way. <laughs> uh because because it's arbitrary. Because there is right. there is no inherentness to anything that is happening in baseball. It is a constructed space, it is a text that can be read. Right. Like a fictional T V series like Star Trek. Right. But I don't I don't think I get worked up about Star Trek the way that somebody gets worked up about their team winning the World Series. Regardless of the Cubs winning and it being 108 years. Right. But like just any team that wins the World Series everybody's very excited about and right. and and it is not a thing that I get that excited about. And I and not because I'm not like I don't get excited about some sport, but there's nothing I have in my life that has those built-in moments of celebration like a championship does right like you i guess you could care about star trek more than a cubs fan could care about the cubs but star trek isn't a thing that enables that kind of yeah so it's not it's not a, it's not a measure of event of how much i like a thing but the way in which i like it Right. I can't like Star Wars the way a Cub fan can like the Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah. Because the Cubs winning the World Series happens 
literally once in a lifetime. <laughs> More than that. <laughs> and like, there's a, if there's a great episode of Star Trek, I can go watch it right now. And I can relive it. And I did that on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yeah. I watched uh, possibly my favorite episode of Star Trek, which is uh, Darmok. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh, so good. I, I posted pictures of it on Instagram. I liked it so much. <laughs> um, it's it's about language and communication and and about how difficult can be it can be to understand someone who does not just not speak your language but does not have your shared experiences uh, and any sort of common ground to build upon. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Tembra, his arms wide. Tembra, with hand open. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm super, but see, but see things like, I can geek out about this, yeah. and I can love it, and I can be super passionate about it, but that is going to always exist, and in my case, is going to have always existed. Right. I don't, there's, there's not the same tension and release. It's, it's because it's not a real time. Two things. It's not written. Yeah. Right. That's like, important. Yeah. There's nobody it, in the world knows the outcome mm-hmm. of the game of a sports game before anyone else does. Yes. Um, so you are actually actively experiencing reality being created mm-hmm. in a story. Yeah. Which is amazing yeah and also like that's why i like improv <laughs> true which is still different from sports yeah and like, comedy sports is dumb sorry <laughs> <laughs> but it's like beyond that it's it's i don't know it's like being a part of something that's happening in the real world yeah like it's I don't know. And it's, it's weird because I stopped caring about actively following like major sports mm-hmm. long ago. Yeah. But I completely understand it. And I'm not like a oh, sports are dumb person because I used to be a sports are the best person. Yeah. And I'm not I, even like I used to be a sports are dumb sort of person. I don't really care anymore. Like I'm I'm I, I think it's completely legitimate. I no longer see any benefit in making fun of people for liking sports. Yeah. That's that's stupid. Yeah. But something about something about the real time of it. And the like real worldness of it mm-hmm. makes it possible to reach levels that yeah. cannot be reached by other things. But the other side of that for me is also the and this is gonna sound mean, and I don't want to sound mean to sports fans, but the arbitrariness of it. Mm. You know, okay, so take the Cubs, who are currently the best baseball team in the world. They just won the World Series, so that means they're the best. In the US. It's the World Series. But it's not the World Series. It's the World Series. <laughs> USA, USA. Anyway, they are they are demonstrably the best at mm-hmm. their thing, which is baseball. Yep. Uh, and that's great. And they worked really hard and they accomplished that. And it's certainly cool to be excited about it. And I don't want to diminish that at all. But put them in the pool and see who's the best at water polo. And it's, <laughs> and they're not the best. And so it's, it's an right. arbitrary designation, which is fine. But that makes it harder for me to get excited about it. Mm-hmm. Is okay, we've, we've set up a system where somebody can be the best at this thing. And we made them the best at it. Right. It's the same way that uh, AlphaGo being the best Go player in the world doesn't bother me. Or Deep Blue beating Kasparov at chess doesn't bother me at all. Uh-huh. Um, and now to be fair, uh, it's an ex- more extreme cases than those. But okay, it's like we've made a computer be as good as we possibly could at Go. Yeah. The game Go. And we worked really hard to make it the best it could be at that. And we did it. Good job, us. <laughs> like, we accomplished that. And, but it's really good at that one thing. Right. Because of course it is. It's supposed to be. So, like, baseball players are good at baseball because of course because they are. They're supposed to be. A little bit. <laughs> uh, which is which sounds super dismissive. But the idea of 
so the idea of picking a home team because of a place where I live. Again, I live in the I live in DFW. I remember the last time uh, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, and it was huge. It was a really big deal, and I was a kid. Yeah, and it's never been close since. Yeah, because the Cowboys are bad at football. America's team. Yeah, <laughs> once upon a time. Yeah, and. But I liked the Cowboys, and I like the Cowboys as much as I do, which is to say not much, but a little bit. Sure. Because of where I was born. Mm-hmm. Because you, like, kind of can't help it? Yeah, because because it's a cultural permeation thing. In the same way, growing up in Boston, you couldn't not celebrate the Red Sox winning in 2004. Right. Like, even if you personally were a big fan of sports and following all of that and really into it, anybody who was born in Boston or that area or living in Massachusetts... Right, was amazed and in love and experiencing that because of of geographics, right? Which sounds so dumb when you phrase it that way. It does, but but genuinely, mm-hmm. when the Red Sox won the World Series in two thousand four, I'm sure it's the same with a lot of people who live in Chicago. Yeah, like that was the most important event in many people's lives. Absolutely, like the most significant thing that had ever happened in their decades mm-hmm. of life. And I I do not want to take that away from them, but I don't have an event like that. Like, there is no... Enjoying Star Trek isn't constructed in a way where that's possible. No. Yeah. There there is no sport team or individual winning at, say, the Olympics that I am passionate enough about to be excited by to the level that red sox fans were then or cubs fans are now yeah it's the closest i think you could get in pop culture might be like the release of a like long anticipated movie well like the star trek or star wars prequels like that's about as close as you can right like the the hype and excitement and the jubilation and almost the achievement Mm -hmm. of it I mean, they were disappointments, but yeah, but it's close. But the the essential aspect you're missing is competition. Yeah, because as arbitrary as it is, the Cubs beat another team. Uh huh. Like they they were better than the other they, team. They bested them in a competition. Yes, and that as arbitrary as it is, because it's a sport and a game, and we just made up the rules and we yeah. follow it like they worked within those rules and were the best at it. They were the best at it. But how does that affect you? How does that affect me, them being the best at it? Right. It doesn't. Like, I feel good when I win a game. I play lots of games. And I and I don't play specifically to win necessarily. You know, But I enjoy sure. winning. Yeah. I play to enjoy the game. But I play games that you can't win or that don't have winners, mm-hmm. like uh, Fiasco. Check out Catastrophic. <laughs> uh, Catastrophic.pizza is our website. <laughs> no, sorry. Catastrophic.horse. Catastrophic.horse is our website. Uh, I still haven't uploaded that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so I... Like, that connection of fandom for any sport still just doesn't occur in me. Right. And so I have a difficult time empathizing with it. Mm-hmm. Like I can see it and I can understand that I can describe that experience that I'm seeing, but I, I love Star Trek because I grew up with it, but also like, because I choose to continue to enjoy it because of the things it says and the views it has on the world. Right. Same way that you continue to love Lord of the Rings and want to keep reading that book until you die right uh liking a sports team i i don't see what someone is getting out of liking sports team a over sports team b right yeah because and and that like that's the thing that's most arbitrary is like all 95 percent of the time people like a sports team for geographic reasons Mm -hmm. like even though I don't really care, I will always be partial to Boston teams. Yeah. If if I have to make a choice. If you got to pick. You know what I mean? If the um, Sox win the World Series again, you'd be excited. Yeah, I'd feel good about it. Yeah. Because they're, like, on some level, still my baseball team. Yeah. 
Um, I re- I'm gonna say this was an episode of the podcast Hypercritical, okay, with John Syracuse, where he talked about sports. But I'll always remember this analysis of it is his view that sports serve a very specific function in a modern society, and that is a uh, socially tolerable form of xenophobia. <laughs> and that and that's I get what, what he's saying, are. yeah. Like, I am from Boston, so I pick Boston teams. Yeah. New York teams are bad. Because, because you're they're from Boston. From, because they're not from Boston. Yeah. And all other teams are bad because they're not from Boston. But, but New York, New York teams, teams are bad because they're from New York. And not Boston. And not Boston. And I get to very truly hate people who like New York teams and people who support New York yeah. teams. How do you feel about A-Rod? He's a jerk and an asshole and I hope he dies. <laughs> I only know who he is because he used to play on the Rangers, which was my team. <laughs> like, but that's, that's, that's the only reason I know anything about who he is. Yeah. But like, it's not, I can, I can say that. Yeah. It's not bad. And no one goes, whoa, hold on. <laughs> because I'm talking about sports. Yeah. I'm not talking about Mexicans. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And it's... I get that. It's effectively no different from xenophobia. We're just (laughs) arbitrarily choosing groups. Like xenophobia. (laughs) (laughs) We're arbitrarily choosing groups of no consequence. Right? Like like New York, Boston, who cares? It's not actually meaningful. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like... That's a good analogy. White and brown are actually meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like I think I think that's true. And he he used it as a dismissal of sports. And I like I can I, see that too. I yeah. don't see it as a dismissal of sports because I think sports are truly valuable. Mm-hmm. Thanks, they, capitalism. Like they, <clears throat> not like that. <laughs> like they are. Like they are. Xenophobia yeah. turned into something that's acceptable. And I guess it's good we have outlets for that yeah. that are acceptable. But they are useful things for people to have to like attach their identity mm-hmm. identity to and find meaning in and see and like yeah. experience good stories in. So the closest thing I'm I'm still trying to think of like a thing that I can latch on to that's similar to this. Right. And something that comes to mind right now is reality TV competition shows. Which are a thing uh-huh. I enjoy. Survivor being the premier example. Is that still running? Yep. Dang. 32 seasons in strong? Jesus, really? Two a year. That's like the original reality show in a way? In a lot of ways, yeah. It was, it was a, it was a codifier of a lot of things, yeah. 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 Wow. The current season is dumb. It's millennials versus Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb. stupid and dumb millennials in their snapchats am i right yeah two arbitrary distinctions of generations and they split up the two tribes into those arbitrary generational splits which are which are meaningless let's start off with that like those are not real things like we talk about oh millennials are like this oh gen xers are like this except specifically with gen x everything that people hate about millennials they hated about gen xers 20 years ago when they were younger yeah yeah like oh the trophy generation that was gen x like that was it was the same right it's the same thing it's just people hate young people yeah and then they when the new group is that of that age well they hate young people because high schoolers are stupid as we've established right no yeah like (laughs) hold on sorry yeah young people are bad yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm bad (laughs) i'm in my mid-20s i'm bad yeah but yeah, and it's oh, it's so dumb. Like I haven't I haven't even kept up with it because it's so dumb. And I don't always keep up with Survivor, but I like to watch Survivor still, and I enjoy it. And I have favorites, but my favorites are not arbitrary. Like it's not like I picked this guy in the first day because he's in the same hometown as me, and so I want him to win. Mm-hmm. But I do get excited about like who's gonna who wins Survivor, and I care about that one way or the other. Wow, I can see that. Yeah, like what when the when the season starts, like yeah. You, 
pick a person or two mm-hmm. and you really root for them or to the end. similarly rupaul's drag race which is probably my favorite reality tv show that's on right now but the same idea it's a competition yeah show. it's a competition show you know there's a there's a dozen drag queens trying to be the best uh uh great british baking show great british bake-off oh my god yeah bake-off's the real name bake-off yeah did you know great british bake-off has ended yeah, there was some like all kinds of disputes and stuff, oh, and now it's going to go mad. to well, another network. Mm, and mm, mm, uh, we'll get back to reality I, TV. I, I vaguely know about this. So have you you've watched Bake Off? I've seen season one. It's great. It's, it's an amazing show. It's a miracle. I've seen I think three of these seven seasons so far. So there's still more I haven't seen because they're not easily available. Yeah, and I don't like pirating things if I can avoid it. Right. Yeah, one season one's on Netflix. That's why I've yeah. seen it. Uh, and see, there's been two or three seasons that were on the PBS app. Mm-hmm. when they were airing in the U.S., which was really cool. Um, so it left BBC and it moved to another channel. Uh, so the BBC channels in England are owned by the people and the government. It's their version of PBS? Uh, except it's of. mandated. So if you buy a TV and if you own a TV in England, you pay an annual license fee to the government, like a tax, for each television you own, and that is used to fund the BBC. Interesting. Yeah. And there's there's lots of reasons why that's a good or a bad thing and lots of things that can be talked about. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you pay a, a mandatory license fee for owning a television. It's like you can't own a television without piece supporting. of hardware without, su- without supporting the BBC. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I'm on board. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things not to like about it, a lot of things to like about it, but I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Because uh, it gave us the Great British Bake Off, and that's all I need. Yeah, that's kind of worth anything. Yeah. Uh, and so BBC was like, we're done with Great British Bake Off, which is called Great British Baking Show in the U.S. for reasons that I don't understand. Because uh, Bake Off is better. And that's what I call it. Because America. Yeah. And so it was going to move to a privately owned TV station. Similar to, uh, let's say... Not PBS, like a, like a cable a, channel. Like, yeah, some cable network. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which one it was going to move to. Sky or Dave or one of them. They have a TV channel named Dave. I don't like that. <laughs> what it's called. Nope, I don't like it. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, Great British is going to move. And people were like, oh, I don't know if I want it to move. And then Mel and Sue, the hosts of Great British Bake Off, were like, yeah, we're not going with it. Because we don't like the way the show is going to be going on this new network. And like Mel and Sue were like the heart of that show, the hosts. Because like, it was going to get more reality TV. It was going to go get more more intentionally, yeah, like Dramatic. conflicty and things like that. And it's, and it's inherently a non-conflicty show. Like everybody helps each other. They're super nice. There's not like petty fights yep it's you know who can make the best tort that's the beauty of the show is yeah the, it's why it's so good the contestants are nice to each yeah. other like uh mel and sue even said in an interview that like if somebody starts crying that they'll go like put their coat over them or they'll go stand next to them and start saying curse words so they can't use the footage yeah like that's like so so very great British Bake Off. Like, it's just so perfect, and I love everything about it. I think uh, in Tumblr vocabulary, that's so pure. Sure. It's very good and yeah, pure. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love it, and I love Mel and Sue, who have been a comedy duo for many, many years. I don't. You probably wouldn't know that, because you don't watch as much British TV as I do. Yeah, I didn't know them outside. Yeah. Um, and they do stuff on their own as well, but they've also been, like, a very well-known British comedy duo. But they didn't want to continue with the show at the new network? Yeah, and so they're not. So they've left. Okay. And then Mary Berry, one of the two judges, also left. Okay. And you can't do the show without them. Like you, like you, So right now the only one that's left is Paul Hollywood, who's my least favorite person on that show from year to year. Yeah, he's not important. No. And I'm, and so I, I like if they make more Great British Bake Off, it won't be Great British Bake Off as far as I'm concerned. Right. Same name, different That show's done. It makes me very sad. What a show, though. I love it so much. So that's your sport? Sports are cool. Basketball's done, though. Is it? Why do you like basketball or baseball but not basketball? So there's there's another interesting analysis of sports that I've always enjoyed, uh, and it's that there's two kinds of sports people. Okay. There's uh, numbers 
sports people, mm-hmm. and there's story sports people. Okay. So there's people who I are think in, the numbers could tell a story, but we'll get to that. <clears throat> so there's people who are into sports because of the statistics. Yeah. They love knowing how good teams are, how good players are. They love knowing all the information mm-hmm. about p- players and teams and whatnot. Like, I used to be a little bit like this. Like, I used to be able to just recite. If I was in sports, I think that's the kind of person I would be. Yeah, like, I could just recite all, like, this guy's batting average as it changed throughout, like, his 10-year career with mm-hmm. his team. And, you know, like, you can just know all these, like, little bits of facts yeah. and knowledge. And then there's story sports people. And these are more typically the people who are, like, attached to a team mm-hmm. who, like, with the Cubs, like, you follow the Cubs and you're into the Cubs for their story. Like, yeah. they suffered and suffered and suffered and they got close and they suffered and finally they achieve. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're into it for the arc. For the arc. Um, and you really you usually can, like, pick a sports fan and put them in one of those buckets. Hmm. Um. And I forget the question you asked that I was trying to answer. Why do you like and, baseball but not basketball? Oh, because basketball, I never can never get into the story of it. Hmm. And I think, and I know like there's plenty of people who do. Yeah. Like I, uh, my small knowledge of the last basketball season was a great season for story basketball people. People have strong opinions about LeBron James. Because yeah, because of LeBron James and Steph Curry and the Warriors were like the best team ever i've said all the things i, I know and, about basketball and then, you know did lots of cool things but uh baseball is interesting because it's so long and there are so <laughs> many there are so many games yeah there season. are too many games there's plenty of stats to know about baseball but baseball is such a boring sport to actually watch it is i've tried watching it like you you spend hours and hours and hours watching baseball mm-hmm. and very little happens but as a whole story of a season or a decade, there's tons of interesting stuff. Basketball maybe lends itself a little bit more to the stats because it's a very exciting game. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff is always happening. Yeah. So, like, there's still story there, but it's more easy to be interested in the stats side hmm. of it. I will say something I think is neat about baseball that I think makes it unique amongst the primary American sports. Mm-hmm is that there is no time limit on baseball. No, there's not. (laughs) Uh, I think that's really interesting because basketball, hockey, soccer, football, Mm -hmm. all of those are how many points can I score in a given period of time? Before the clock runs out. Baseball is how many points can I score before the other team stops me? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really interesting mechanic. There, so there's actually talk of a rule change in baseball. Really? To, to change this. not uh, It's a small rule change, but it would just make the game faster. It's to introduce a pitch clock. So oh, I don't like it. You ever, you ever watch basketball? You know there's a shot clock? Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. Like you have to shoot within... 20 seconds, 25 seconds? 25 seconds or something? Yeah. Or the you, you play, lose possession. play stops and yeah. the ball goes to the other team. Um, it would just force the pitcher to throw their pitch within a time limit. Because you can just go five minutes without pitching if you just don't feel like throwing the ball. Yeah, I don't like this. But presumably you'd force the pitcher to pitch within a minute of the previous play's end or something like that. Hmm. Which would just make the game faster. But... I don't like it. Yeah. I have no investment in baseball, whatever, but I'm automatically against this rule. It is long and boring, though. Yeah. And clearly that's a rule designed just... It's for TV. It's Yeah, it's for TV. It's for viewership. It's for money. It's for fans. It's not for... The sport. Making the mechanics of the game better. Yeah. I I like mechanics. Like, I like... That's why I like games. Like, I like like interesting mechanics. Right. And I'll be honest, from a mechanic standpoint most sports are pretty boring yeah put object in location <laughs> that's almost all of them yeah yeah baseball's not really baseball's more complex ba- the object in location is the human body yeah but you have to move it through multiple places right you can't just just get it to this you got to get a to b to c to and D. there's another object that tells you when yeah the primary but there's, there's more there's more going on there but 
football, soccer, hockey, basketball is put object in location. Yeah. And I actually think, so I was never too much into basketball, never been into hockey. Although hockey's the thing I've seen live most, hockey's really fun live. I believe that. Um, it seems like a very dynamic and interesting sport to watch. But football and baseball are the sports I was always into the most. And I think football's a broken sport. I actually think baseball's like boring but that's fine but like it's a really well constructed game mm-hmm. like baseball works really well i think so i i you know i'm not studied the design of it specifically but i know all the rules of baseball mm-hmm. and i think they work yeah i think football's broken though because football has become a game of exploitation well with the concussions and things well well yeah well there's that but like, <laughs> as far as just like the rules of the game go yeah it's a game of exploitation. The fact that you can run out the clock in a game of football, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, you could theoretically run out the clock in any game if you're in the win, if you're winning. I know. Well, but it's I a mean, lo- not literally, but, but it's a yeah. lot easier in, in, yes. in football. Because the ball can be dead and the clock can run. Yes, which is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, I do think... I read a really interesting article on Medium or Deadspin or one of these new media places about like what if we outlawed football i think that's fine well yeah i do too um year after year goes by and it turns out football is more and more dangerous yeah uh but like what if all of a sudden football just stopped and it sort of it was it was speculative Mm -hmm. um but like what would we do what would we care about uh rugby would obviously have an increase um, because rugby is apparently safer than football. Because they don't wear helmets. Because they don't wear helmets. And you can't hit with your head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You hit with your shoulder, you hit on the thigh, you don't run your head into somebody else's head. Yeah. Similar idea that I, I read about recently, uh, like child children's playgrounds have increasingly been made with safer and safer equipment. Mm-hmm. And that's actually led to more and more that's accidents. Yeah. Because the children are not taught to be safe yeah i mean to be fair i did some really dangerous things on some unsafe equipment but if <laughs> but if you hurt yourself you would have learned but if you can't hurt yourself you yeah don't learn. we had a slide that was probably two stories tall in my mind is at least two stories tall <laughs> yeah um that was a it was all metal but b it was poorly supported and there was a dome at the top so you'd kind of climb up a ladder and there was a little, like, you know, fenced-in area. And there was a slide. There was a dome on top of a little round fenced-in area. Mm-hmm. We would crawl up into that dome and, like, hold ourselves up because there was a ridge oh, around yeah. the edge. like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man. <laughs> and then internally shake it back and forth oh, while dear. inside the top of the dome. Oh, my God. Like, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, that's very unsafe. I don't know how it didn't fall over. Yeah. But, uh, but geodesic domes, those are great. Mm-hmm. We can bring those back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of fun. Make them really, really tall. But football kills people. Yes, football's bad. Yeah, it's a it's a fine sport. We should start calling just... it exclusively American football. I just think because everybody else calls it, I think it would be funny if we started that trend. American football. Yeah, okay. I would also accept gridiron. I've heard it called that by British people. Like just gridiron. Just That's gridiron the sport. Yeah, to distinguish it from real football. Gridiron is a good word. It is. It's a good word. And I mean, people call, like, refer to American football, like, in terms of gridiron. I don't know specifically how. I can support that. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with not calling American football football anymore. Yeah. I'm we still we have a sport it. called football, and it's the one where you use your feet. I'm still going to call that soccer, though. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think I can help it. We could, uh, I've seen uh, people on the internet call American football hand egg. Yes, hand egg. Because you play with your hands and it's shaped like an egg. Yeah. And football, you play with your feet and it's shaped like a ball. Yeah. Um, football is dangerous and that gets a lot of publicity. But I don't see football going away as long as boxing still exists because the... Boxing's dumb too, though. Because the actual entire purpose of that sport is to hurt people's heads. Yeah, hit somebody until you can't anymore. Yeah. Um that's weird to me like and i sim and i have a sympathy for people who are into boxing and people who box like because there's a story there and there's effort and Mm -hmm. there's 
Like, there's sport. Yeah, it's, everybody loves Rocky. It's a game. Yeah, like, you watch Rocky, and you're like, yeah, like, he's doing something real and valuable. Yeah. But also, like, you're just supposed to hit people until they break. Yeah. And that seems like a thing we shouldn't allow humans to do to each other. Yeah, I'm kind of behind that. Uh, speaking of, of equipment making people less safe, uh, there were almost no, I, I think there may have been zero concussions in boxing before the invention of the boxing glove. Or the implementation thereof. No way. Because you didn't hit people in the head. Because that hurts your hands a lot. Because it hurts your hands a lot. Heads are mostly bone. Yeah. Wow. But you put on boxing gloves, it doesn't hurt your hand anymore, so you can punch people in the head. Well, it's the same thing as rugby. You don't wear a helmet, you don't hurt your head. Yeah. Because you want to protect your head. How dumb is that? (laughs) Humans are so stupid. We give ourselves helmets that we can actually hurt our heads more. Yeah, the helmet's supposed to be a backup. When you're riding a bike, you wear a helmet, but you don't want to hit your head on things. Right. When I ride my bike with a helmet on, I'm not just like, oh, cool, I have a helmet on, and I'm constantly hitting my head on stuff because I can. (laughs) 